What's up, it's your boy Big Dre Day coming to you live with the two bros in a podcast. It's your host, Big Dre Day, and my co-host, Tony. Tony, Tony damn, that boy, Thick Filipados. How you feeling today, bro? I'm feeling good, feeling good. You know, woke up, had some breakfasts. Oh, breakfasts is more than one. You know, I had two breakfasts. Oh, must be nice, huh? First start off with some eggs and chorizo, and then I had me a bowl oh. of cereal. Oh, eggs and chorizo. You just, so you just forgot about it, brother, huh? He was sleeping, snoring away, dog. I can't wake that. Oh, yes, you can, boy. All you had to say was food. I would have been right up. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, bro. How you feeling today? Feeling good. Feeling good. Start to the weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, no bullshit at fucking work anymore for two days. Nice. Gonna do some laundry today. Clean the room. Sure, I gotta do some Sunday cleaning myself. Yeah. You know. Clean the ass. <laughs> you right about that? <laughs> what about you? You know, I'm feeling good, you know, just a little stressed out about work and all that stuff, you know. The nation putting the clamps down, huh? Nation putting the clamps down, even though I was, when I was there, I was pretty decent of a worker. Built a lot of good relationships, you know. I When people turn around, they'll still say they caught me sleeping, but they don't see that I was working, working, you know. I, when I was when I was a porter, I'm not gonna lie, I did fall asleep in some of those um some of those long, some of those used cars though because uh you know motherfuckers be tired working two three jobs when I was at the nation you know so I had to do what I had to do. Hell yeah, no, I feel you. You know I was your boss, man. I seen it. <laughs> I seen it. I seen the good and the bad. You know paperwork. Paperwork. <laughs> paperwork coming in on time. That's it. Yeah, that was my bad thing, man. Coming in on time. It's just my sleep schedule is so fucked up. I don't know why. I don't know. You just you lost that little paperwork because your ass was tired as hell. <laughs> <laughs> tired. It's not that. It's just I didn't get up off my seat to take it out the printer, and then people just threw the paper away. So, how do you correct that? <laughs> get my fat ass up get out my seat. Get your ass up out the seat, dog. <laughs> get your ass up out the seat. <laughs> Seat that held up by a bolt in a band. <laughs> <laughs> Just to let y'all know, I am the seat murderer. So he murders seats. My fat ass sat on a seat and it was gone within three days. So you know what that means? I gotta get my ass on some Jenny Craig or some shit. Uh, your boy's a little heavy. Heavy. Yeah. Not even thick. That boy is dull. Oh, he fucked it up. I did fuck it up, you know. Ready. I wasn't ready for this. I was not. Damn, that's just gas. Nope, uh, wrong one. Blue one. <laughs> nope. We had it recorded somewhere. Yeah, we kind of fucked that up, but pretty soon, damn, that boy sick sound is gonna come. Uh, probably later on today. But this is just an introduction podcast of your boy Big Dre Day and Tony. Damn, that boy, sick Filipados. All right, so what I was thinking, we get a little background on who we are, let the people know. For sure, for sure. What we about. Right. So let's go first with just background. You want to start? Where you been from? Why you want to? Why you want? Why you want the black man to start? I'm sorry. How you think America started? It started on the back of the black man. You right? Actually, the indigenous people. Shout out to y'all. Y'all some dope ass people. You know? Did you just fart, motherfucker? In the chair creek. Alright, so my name is Andre Welch, aka Big Dre Day. You know, I uh, started this podcast because, let's see, I went to school, media school for it, and I found out it was dope. Originally, I wanted to be on the radio. I still want to do that. So I'm going back to school to figure that out. You know, school always trying to take more money out your fucking pocket, you know. But you got to do what you got to do. Uh, let's see, came here when I was four years old, turned five, um, originally originated from Belize, you know, shout out to all my Central Americans, Wagwan, uh, hit him with the accent, dog, <laughs> I just, I just did a little bit, you know, you know, shout y'all out a little bit, you know, I love my Caribbean people, I love my Belizeans, you know, I love my 
you know, I love them all. I love the food, you know, just like uh, Hispanic food, you know, everything, rice and beans, everything, you know, can never get tired of it. Um, you know, let's see, came from there, lived, Chicago. came to Chicago, you know, because uh, not knowing for a lot of y'all, Belize is a third world country, uh, so it's a little, it's a little fucked up over there, but it's still a beautiful country to go to visit. The people are still dope. They're nice. They're very greeting and loving all that so i will never talk down bad about Belize, but it's just the politics man the politics is just so fucked up just like everywhere else so it's like just enjoy the good while, while it's there you know um came here with my mom my grandmother originated well my grandmother came here first then it was my aunt then me and my mom and then my uncle so it's just immediate family here got a lot of cousins i'm the only child you know so that only child syndrome is true that shit is boring so it's like I be lonely sometimes, man. So that's why I that's the why the I am the way I am, you know. So very friendly, inviting, and all that good stuff. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, you know, you know, yeah, that's about you know about me. I don't know if you. I mean, it's just me and my mom's man through through thick and thin. You know, she got on my nerves. She she that's my that's that's my mama. You know. Love her to death. Uh, she she helped me out with a lot of stuff. You know she even though she beat my ass growing up, but hey, sometimes you gotta. I don't think. Okay, that's the thing. I don't think you gotta beat your kids just because you felt like beating your kids. <laughs> your ass need three ass whoopers right now. <laughs> you know, real. I sure do need some ass whoopers right now though. Get my shit together because right now my shit's all over the place. You know, so it's like it is what it is, but. One day I'll get it. I'll get it together. Uh, let's see. You know, I'm 28 now. About to be 29. Yeah, that your boy's getting a little old. Little, so it's time to get get that career mindset going. You know, try to figure life out. You know, because uh, I feel like, me personally, I feel like when you hit 30, your life, you got to have your shit together. Or at least partially, like 75% there. Because if you're over 30 and you don't have your life together, you're just a bum. Like straight up bum. So that's what I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be a bum. You know, I talked to my dad when I was like 11 for an hour before the day before I left Belize. Uh, I talked to him again when I was 21. And then that was 10 years later, you know, slow fucked up. So I still have like father issues, you know. I sometimes I feel like I'm not worthy enough to even have a father. So that's why I, I, I uh, kind of hard. I can't, man. I'm not very emotional, but you know, sometimes I I just made a promise to myself that I will always be there for my kids, even if I have, whenever I have kids, you know. I don't think no parent should be a single parent, but you know, it is what it is. Kids need love from both a mother and a father, in my opinion, which is I believe is true. So it's like, hey, let it happen, you know. Uh, let's see. Oh uh, yeah, that's pretty much all about me. What about you, Mister Billy uh, Pop Pop? Started story. So I grew up in the hood. (laughs) (laughs) What I can remember, I grew up around where we at right now, down on Central, from what I can remember. Let the people know where we at. We in Chicago, you know, Montrose and Austin. We in them streets. In them streets, North Side, Jefferson Park, shout out. That's good. Um, earliest thing I could probably remember starting off over here down on Central. Brother, sister, dad, and mom. The divorce hit. Ended up with my dad. Very different scenario, different situation. Me, my brother, and my sister both went in with my dad. Moved to Park Ridge. Started going to Franklin Elementary School. Met one of my best friends there. Still probably my best friend till this day. Louis, shout out little motherfucker. <laughs> Um, spent a lot of time with him and his family. They took me in, treated me like a son, you know, when shit was not good at the crib. Spent a lot of days there at school. His mom took care of me, fed me, fucking made sure everything was Gucci. Used to come pick me up, hang out, all that kind of shit. Um, shout out to Ro. Yeah, shout out Ro. Ro's married. So, let's move on. We go up to middle school now. I was just bullying with all the friends on the bikes. Riding around town, being degenerates. Start hanging out with wrong motherfuckers. Start smoking cigs, smoking weed in the park. You know, hanging out with a bunch of different motherfuckers. 
Smoking cigs, boy, smoking my boy. Cigs. Smoking cigs at like 14 years oh old. <laughs> dog nasty, bro. Not even, bro. Well, you got the lungs of a 40 year old by oh, now. Bro, I can't go up this little flight of stairs we got right here. You think I. <laughs> You think I can climb up on this bench that we sit on? No. <laughs> no. Um, not even. I started smoking probably earlier, like seventh grade, eighth grade. Started off stealing my dad's smokes. You know, he used to keep cartons in the freezer because he keep them fresh. <laughs> keep them fresh. You know, steal a pack, fucking go out with the fucking, with the youngins. Start fucking around. Um, you know, did a lot of dumb shit. As a kid, fucked around a lot. Didn't really pay attention in school. Didn't really give a fuck. What else? Then basically just high school. Everything kind of, kind of started over there. You know, started meeting different types of friends, different people. Started hanging out with the wrong people. Wasted a lot of my my time around a certain group of friends. I'm not gonna mention names, but they just just a bunch of losers. Um. Then you know, after high school, started working. Started working. Doing, uh, just started off at this little mechanic shop called Nuno's. Started working over there. That shit was fun. You know, first place I started working for them was out in Arlington Heights. So I would drive from Park Ridge to Arlington Heights, pulling down Northwest Highway, bro, in my little GTI, fucking hauling ass every day. Is this the one with the when you had the Fred Flintstone that motherfucker? Yeah, the one with the holes on the fucking oh, floor. <laughs> the holes. do. Yeah, the one with the rust holes on the floor. Welcome to Chicago. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that thing was a piece of shit. Um, that thing drove, though, I'll tell you that. That thing had a little squirt gun on the back because the <laughs> rear wiper was broken. <laughs> so that shit was squirting me backwards <laughs> with the washer fluid. That was good. Um, so did the new nose thing. Made some good friends. Learned some shit about cars there. Thought I was hot shit. Moved on to a dealer. Went to Roto. Roto Mazda Subaru in Arlington Heights. No. Palatine? Arlington Heights. Somewhere over there. Went over there. Started off as a loop tech. Worked there about a month. Got shit canned because I left somebody's fucking uh, uh, the glove box loose when I was checking the cabin filter. Got shit canned for that. Um, started working at Jiffy Lube. Worked at Jiffy Lube for about three months. Then I moved on to a diesel place. Now this is where I got most of the experience I know working on cars, learning different types of shit, doing some fucking crazy different shit that you've never seen before. Working on Bobcats, 18-wheelers, the amount of dust and dirt and nastiness, it was just, it was rough. It was so pretty rough. much, you go in looking like you, but you came out looking like me. Yeah, I go in white, coming out looking black. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was not good. Not good. Underneath them things, rolling on creepers, you know, no no lifts. Everything you do was on your back. Almost dropped a battery on my head and killed myself. God damn. This shit's fucking this shit traumatizing. Was crazy. It was crazy. It was some crazy shit working there. Working on Bobby. You were like, what, 16, 17, some shit like nah, that? 19. 19. 19. Out of high school. Oh, not bad. Out of high school at the time, you know, learning. Didn't know really shit about cars still, but knew more than the average person, probably. Okay. Then, then everything changed, bro. Everything changed after diesel. What you mean? Everything changed after the diesel place. <laughs> I rolled up and I walked in to Auto Nation Honda O'Hare sometime oh, in November. Oh, shit. Here we go. November 2015. I walked around. I rolled in. I asked, where's the service department? You know, I go in. They point me in that direction. I see this fat motherfucker named Mike Spano. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Mike Spano, yeah. though. He was the best. Listen, one of the greatest people to work for and to work with. Great team member. Great fucking attitude. Great manager, man. Great manager. Walked in. Met that guy. He pointed me in the direction of Ronald LaCour. Shout him out, too. Shout, Shout out, out Ron LaCour. Shout out Ron. Ron and your bald ass head. Um, My twin. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so anyway, do the interview process, interview with get the job, start off, enjoy the job, you know, started December 3rd of 2015 and uh, enjoy doing the loop tech stuff, enjoy being an express tech for Honda, working on cars that I actually like, you know, not working on diesels, big shit, working on a lot of different stuff, doing different things, you know, just trying to be a juicer, learning how to juice cars and, you know, make money fast. 
doing a lot of fluids, doing a lot of cabin filters, air filters, just kind of easy gravy work. So started off doing that really good. Wasn't fast, but I was good. You know, I started off pretty solid. And then, you know, you get the you get the bullshit with the corporations about how now everybody's changing pay and everybody's doing this and everybody's doing that. And, you know, that, that really fucked up my mental, you know, because where I was at was still a learning process and they wanted me to turn into a robot for them where I made them tons of money. And I wasn't about that. I wasn't about fucking with people's safety. You know, to be working fast and under pressure from advisors and doing all that kind of shit. You know, so that sucked a lot. Um, what what day did you start? December third, twenty fifteen. Oh, oh, okay, December third, twenty fifteen. Yeah, and a month and a day later. A month and a day later, here comes this uh, this thick boy. This, <laughs> this for all for all those who don't know, I met Tony at at the Nation. You know, started January fourth, twenty sixteen, and I was almost late that day. Almost. And that was the day I worked a morning shift at I did that for six months. Working five to one at Jewel and making and driving all the way to Honda for two o'clock. Where was that jewel at, by the way? Where was that jewel at? Wicker Park. I was driving all the way from Wicker Park down Milwaukee to this plane. When I tell you that drive was horrid and I did that for six months in a 2001 Hyundai Sonata. Hey. Hyundai! Don't, hey, don't be making... That was my baby, okay? I was fixing that car through YouTube University, okay? I was getting my hands dirty on that car. I changed the radio on there. I changed a few things on there, okay? That was my baby. That was my, my bitch, okay? I made love to her. I took well care of her until her subframe went and rusted. <laughs> Welcome to Chicago. <laughs> Welcome to Chicago. That goddamn salt, salt and snow just fucked my baby up. That car made a couple trips from here to Indiana, okay? And that's a trip. But continue on with your story, big guy. So a month goes by, we meet Andre. Andre starts off as a night porter, you know? Taking out garbages, emptying oil drainers, detailing cars, shit that was already clean, you know, nothing too crazy. I move on about six months later, after I get sick and tired of the bullshit and getting pushed to do hours. Uh, I get I get moved into parts. I wanted it real bad. I had a great teacher when I was still a tech at nights when it was slow and there was other guys in the shop. They wanted hours, so they worked on the cars, and I didn't, and I sat in parts, and I, my pay suffered for that, but I went into parts, and um, I learned from Ted, you know, <laughs> Ted Novak, shout out OG. Rest in peace, Ted. Miss you. So, learned from him, did a lot of uh, things the way he would do them, you know, and I remember starting off at Honda, and, uh, or starting off in parts. And a lot of the times, uh, when I started, Ted would overlook a lot of my things without like, saying that he was overlooking them or without you know, telling me he was going to overlook the stuff that I would do. And it really fucking pissed me off. It really fucking pissed me off. But it, it, it pushed me to be better and to be, to be more perfect-like, kind of like him. You know, he would double-check everything and... His handwriting was neat. And you saw the potential. Yeah. You know, Ed saw it. You know, I worked hard. I would come in on time, stay late if I needed to, just to help people, you know. And I was a good addition to the team, you know, and it lasted a good maybe year and a half. And uh, maybe, I don't know how long he had that uh, that scenario, you know, but um, I remember he's not with night. us anymore. Um, and, you know. You move on, you get different people. This motherfucker right here across from me is supposed to take the job. And he flopped. I didn't flop. I just double flopped. I uh, flopped like let's LeBron just, James. Let's just flopped. say I, I missed the opportunity to get the bag at that point, okay? Missed the opportunity. Didn't listen to me. I felt bad, man, because of the situation that happened. Man. But then it's like, if you wanted a job, you should have just taken it, you know? Yeah. Well. I didn't feel like he's coming back for it. Anyway, yeah. Get this other motherfucker in here. Absolute bum. 
absolute bum. You heard? You know who I'm talking about. Anyway. He should not be named. Yeah, he who shall not be named. Um, worked with that for, fuck, about a year. Lost my mind, couldn't take it. Left. Got pushed into being something that I really wasn't and wasn't really ready for. Not that I'm not that type of person. I could definitely do it. But at the moment, the influence was just too much pressure. Influence was a lot of pressure. Moving on, taking on that job at Kia, being their parts manager, being in charge of everything, in charge of stock orders, in charge of fucking receding parts, wholesale, cores, returns. That's when all the gray hair started. That's when all the gray hair started. That's that's when the hairline started going further back. You know, it was scared of what my face was looking like, and it was like, nope, getting away, run it. Um, just uh, started doing that, and then I quit for about a month, which was Went awesome. To Went to California, had a little vacation, did my own thing, came back. Started working again Hondo, as the parts manager. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. I went through. <laughs> <laughs> I went through probably fifteen thousand dollars worth of parts and threw everything away. That's why our inventory was so off. So off. Everything that was supposed to be inventory was uh, in the trash. Get rid of it. In the trash. How get many, rid of it. How many dumpsters did we get? <laughs> Three. I think four in total. Three of the little guys. Three little guys, one. One big, big one that I that had. That was one the shop had cleaned their stuff up. No, 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 no. The shop, our first one, the first one that I got was sitting there for a minute. And then they dropped off an empty one. And they weren't supposed to drop off an empty one. So we was like, fuck it. Might as well. And then which came, we got three more little ones. We packed up three little ones. And we kept throwing shit out and throwing shit out and cleaning up. You know? I added it was fun, though, blowing up them airbags, though. Yeah. That was a good time. We had to. We were launching shit on the roof. <laughs> Jay was still there, bump, blowing shit off. <laughs> that, that motherfucker, that, that motherfucker, is stupid as hell. You know, you know what? Sometimes I think he, what he thinks about. Hmm. That's what comes through his head for sure. For sure, nothing. <laughs> Just grasshoppers and peeps. You don't care about shit. That motherfucker whipped me with a with a wiper and start thinking, calling, thinking that thinking I'm a slave and just start laughing. He's he was fucked up in the head. He was fucked he up was, in the head. He was, but he was hilarious though. So you had to make the off. move. You had to make the move. You made the right move. You know, not you, me. You you made yeah. the right move. You have to make these moves. You have to make moves that are gonna help everybody. It was a time when you became a slight alcoholic for a weekend. Yeah, after I fucking. Fired him. I felt terrible. I felt absolutely terrible, but it needed to be done. Sometimes you had to put the hammer down. Yeah. Then um, moved on uh, without him. Brought back OG. Great, uh, great pickup though. Great pickup. Great pickup pick for having him around for the knowledge, the experience that he brought mm-hmm. with. But terrible pickup for his work ethic and his attitude after not being in charge and not being the boss. Just complete fucking slouch bum, and didn't really do shit to help us. With the wholesale and stuff like that, like that. My thing is, once the parts come in, if there's still parts missing, just deliver the ones that are there. Yeah. That's it. You know, Keep the area clean. He never did it. So it is what it is, though. Still, still, still the OG, though. Still the OG. Shout out, Timmy Tim Meyer. Timmy Tim Meyer. Where's that forehead at? You know, we built a lot of good there. I feel like I did a lot of good, did a lot of bad, but did also a lot of good. Made that station, made it more functional, cleaned it up, set it up for Mike to be a little bit more successful than I was. Mm -hmm. 110% for sure. And now, the new manager is like getting fucked a little bit with how slow business is right now. And then got some terrible advisors. Shooting down his money. Yep. CSI, if those who do not work in the automotive industry, you get paid by CSI and work that is sold. So if they don't if they don't sell the work, you don't get paid a percentage out of that. Or if your surveys are bad, you don't get any money. They take money out. So more bad surveys and more sold more work that are not sold, your check is minuscule. So you gotta try to sell, sell, sell. 
and make sure the customer is happy. If you don't make if the customer if you sell the work, customers not happy. There's no point even selling the work at all. So sometimes you gotta go above and beyond to make the customer happy. Am I right? Yeah, in a in a sense. What you need to really do is you need to play your plate, and you need to make sure that everybody that you have on your team, especially in the automotive industry, is there for one purpose. It's to really do the right thing and to go about fixing people's cars the right way, you know, and doing and and actually helping people and taking care of them instead of scamming them. do a lot of scummy shit, you know, seeing what I've seen and knowing what I know, you know, like, push for profit, you know, push for helping your customers, is what corporations do, and you can't blame that. It's just a numbers game. It's a numbers game, that's how corporate sees it, you know, as an employee, you're a number, as a customer, you're a number. Actually, when you're born, you're you're just a number. Yeah, or you're given a social security number. Exactly. Just... It's sad to see what that place was pre-corporate buyout to now after corporate buyout, you know, and it's it's rough. They don't really come in. They don't step in and, and take, a, take, a, take charge in what they're really trying to do. You know, they just throw people into the fire there, and that's, that's what happened to me. A lot of back alley action there. Yeah. You know, if you – it's very high school-like, you know, you have to be liked. If you're not liked, then you're not shit. You know, and fortunately enough, when I got the job, I was liked. Mm-hmm. And everything changed after that because I was a fucking asshole. Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do, dog. It's just how the life is with corporate life. You gotta know how to play the game. Sometimes, but you can't lose yourself playing the game, though. Because once you lose yourself, you lose everything. And I lost everything. I lost my mind. My soul, my spirit, working there, trying to find it back. It's going to take some time, but we'll get there. Hopefully. Hopefully. Believe you, man. Hopefully. You know? But right now, we're going to take a musical interlude. So, yeah. You know, this is uh, Two Bros in the Podcast live. So, let's see what we got. What, what you got for us? Side. It's gonna be alright. It's gonna be alright. And where do you go when you lost all hope and you wandering off to the dark side? 
Welcome back to Two Bros and a Podcast. It's your boy Big Dre Day and Boy Tony, you know. Alright, Tony. So apparently I didn't let out enough, so I'ma let out. Okay. All of my stresses. Okay. So like let me reiterate, came from Belize when I was four, came five here. Uh third world country, you know, only child. There was some times, you know. That I felt when I talked to my father, why wasn't I enough to even have a relationship with? I reached out to him. He never reached out back. So I was like, I felt like it was me. I wasn't. I wasn't worth his time. So I was like, I I go. I travel through that. I travel with that burden every day. It's like, even when I through my dating life, it affects me now. It's like, am I ever going to be enough for anybody? So it's like, I feel like I won't be. I cannot. I have to get over that, that feeling right now. But it's hard to get over that, you know. How somebody you reach out to don't even explain why they don't reach out to you, you know. So it's like I will never feel like I will be enough for anybody. Um, let's see. Uh, only one in my family graduated high school. Well, immediate family coming from Belize. You know. Uh, yeah, but it wasn't enough. Then I went to school because they wanted me to go to for them. I didn't want to go to college right away after high school. But, you know, it happened. I went. I didn't feel I didn't feel challenged enough. So I just stopped going. Um, started working, like doing that. Started working out, working at Jewel, Osco. Great job. Uh, my work ethic was was above and beyond. Um, they saw that. They saw the potential. They moved me up to produce department. Excelled at that, but I don't do that kissing ass shit. So, work my ass off. Uh, and um, somebody became manager that didn't even deserve to be manager. So I was like, all right, you know what? Fuck this. So I applied on Indeed to this porter position for Honda. O'Hare. Okay. Formerly known as O'Hare Honda. But um, I didn't expect to get the job. I did it on Monday. And by Tuesday, well, actually by Wednesday, I got a call for an interview. So I was like, all right, cool. Let me just go check this out. And see how it is. This is was this is when I was living in Calumet City. So I was take I was take I was taking a drive two ninety four all the way. Nation Honda and I was doing that for six months. Man, I don't know how I was doing I don't know how I was traveling to a job, but I did it. And it was at the time I was making eight dollars and twenty five cents at Jewel. And this was ten fifty. I was like, Fuck yeah, I'm gonna do that fucking drive. So dollar to so like what? Two dollars and twenty five cents more? Fuck yeah, I'm gonna do that. I thought I was making money till taxes hit me even harder. I was like, God damn, these motherfuckers here. <laughs> man, they hit me hard, man. For those for those little high schoolers and all that stuff, hey, be, make sure to ask your parents what are taxes, how to invest, all that. They should have taught us that. The school system failed us on that. But, you know, just pass that out to your own kids. You know, it is what it is. Um, so yeah, started working at Honda January fourth, two thousand sixteen. Met uh, this night porter named Jacko. Shout out Jacko, the richest porter I've ever met. What a fucking guy! Dirty Russian bitch. He's not Russian, people. He <laughs> hates to be called Russian. He's Polish, but you know. Then another porter named Bill. Hey, Billy. And then another porter by the name of Junior and Steve Buter and Valiant. Those guys. Shout out Valiant. I'm coming for your money next year in fantasy, big dog. Valiant and, oh, Francis and Alex Garcia. Now my boy Alex, me and Alex, we had some times together. <laughs> me and Alex, we had some times together. <laughs> Dirty times. Y'all don't want to know about that. Right. So we were the night crew. I was a new addition. So And, uh, oh, yeah, another porter by the name of Junior. Shout out to him. He showed me how to drive steak at first. And then David Bajewski. 
but Jace taught me the rest of the way how to drive stick. Because I never knew how to drive stick when I started. Because, then again, I didn't have, like, a male influence to teach me anything. So, I learned everything on the fly. Every day. You know? I'm learning it. you learning it. That's all that counts. Yeah, the thing is, I'm a quick learner, so... Which has always been a very good advantage for me, for me, of mine. You know, I'm a quick learn. I get the work done, but paperwork was my downfall. It's the button where it was like, ooh, or whatever. There it is. (laughs) There it is. The paperwork that this motherfucker would lose every day. <laughs> every day. Yeah. So, that. And then, let's see, what can I say? I've always worked hard because I don't want that narrative of, like, being, like, the black guy who doesn't work or has, like, anger issues or anything, you know? So, I've always put my head down, worked my ass off just to keep my mind busy sometimes you know because sometimes when i don't do anything i have this problem of overthinking everything and just being sad you know i depress myself sometimes i seem to and it's not it's not fun at all because i dig myself into this deep asshole that sometimes we will just call it the sunken place and it's hard to get out of it know been there done that and man when i tell you it's hard to get out of it it's really hard some days i'll be super super high super good super happy and then the next day i'll be just like super down i have not seen a specialist or anything because i'm scared of what they're gonna say so for those who are struggling with mental health please 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 go check it out doesn't hurt to see a specialist and that's coming from me who hasn't seen one so wait till that insurance kicks in dog bro i'm already knowing and then i gotta go see a sleep specialist too i'll be snoring like a big ass bear like a bear after stealing your picnic you know so I have those issues that I have I'm dealing with. Um, it's just life has dealt me a bad hand ever since coming here, and I've been trying to win at it. But every time I try to do, every time I win, there's something bad that keeps coming my way, and it's hard. But I haven't given up yet. So for those who are not religious, I'm not very religious, but I always believe. That God or whoever's there is giving you the hardest, the hardest war or the hardest position so that they know that you're tough and ready to actually take it on and move on from it and win. So I haven't lost yet. I'm still winning, but still it gets harder and harder every day to actually win at life. And yeah, it's just I'm winning slowly, but surely I will something but what i don't know yet i'm still working on that don't be a big asshole (laughs) (laughs) listen get more into work experience with honda starting from porter to bdc to parts oh okay oh you want to know that stuff oh okay i was just talking about my whole life but okay i guess i got i guess i got too sad for y'all let me go back. You scaring the customers away, dog. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just keeping it real, man. This is podcast. We just keep it real, okay? We ain't going to sugarcoat shit. Well, started out as a porter. Did that for seven months. Became BDC. I heard because I heard how much they made. So I was like, all right, fuck it. Shoot, more money for me. Shit went there. Did BDC for like a year. And then I went to used car porter because one of the used car porters where i was cool with uh and and forgot his name but yeah that was real cool huh real cool 
I forgot his name. Everybody forgets each other's name, man. It's all good. And then um, her heels moved. Um, her heels moving on. So I took his position. Still getting paid the same. And then uh, the porter manager at the time was gonna become a service advisor because he was talking about it. Did it for a day, and then turned out he didn't like it. While I became the porter manager at the time, and then we did co-porter managing for three months. Which was terrible. Terrible, terrible decision on the management side of that. Oof, terrible. Uh, then a porter was hired, a redheaded ginger. Terrible guy. Terrible fucking person. I did not hire him at all. Because if you know me, I keep it real in all conversations. Like I hired a couple porters and they worked out well. I hired one porter. He became he went to school and he became a mechanic and he's still there. So shout out to him. He didn't he's doing really well for himself. Um Yeah. Uh did that then found out there was a new when Tony told me he was leaving, I was like, damn, this is my opportunity. To become a counter guy. But not knowing that was already going to hire somebody else. For that position. So it was going to be. So it was going to be. It wasn't going. I technically wasn't supposed to be in the party department. When I was. When I got hired. Because they already had somebody who had experience. Who which was. Timmy Tim Tim Meyer. What a guy. But for some reason it worked out well. Nobody had a station. We were all like, there was only two computers. It was three, yeah, three. One on the. Technically, I was supposed to be the bucket bitch, because there was all right. So if y'all don't know, there's a bucket in the parks department where the third person has to sit on, because there's no chair at the third station. But since there was already three people there. Um, I outworked one of the guys so I was at the counter that took the first position and I was making him money under his number when I didn't have a number and and man when I tell you I made this dude so much money when I was using his number I was going crazy it's just my work ethic man like I reiterate I'm a hard worker when it comes down to it I put my all into my work I try to, it's because I'm trying to show that I am worthy, you know, because I don't want nobody to tell me that, oh, I'm not shit, you know, so that's where my work ethic comes from, not letting anybody down, but when I do, I feel bad, and I get depressed, and all that stuff, so we're not talking about that stuff, but yeah, so I worked a dude, uh, let me say, then I got my number and then it just got overcrowded at the counter and then everybody was just talking shit about each other then Rob the prior the old manager he got tired of it he only did it for like six months then he was like I'm out because he got he stressed himself out by doing everything and not letting us help him so that's why uh, that's where Tony comes in became the manager uh, did he tell you that he was leaving, or was it that, <clears throat> was it that, or was it was was it me that told you that he was leaving? So how it came up, came about, um, I had quit and I had come back and mm-hmm. I visited just to say what's up to everybody while I was free, not doing shit, not working. Right. And I looked on the calendar where we always used to write, and Andre pointed out oh, yeah. Rob's last day, and I went over there and I asked. I wasn't having a job, you know, I pushed myself into that role, mm-hmm. came back to work with the boys, you know, Yeah. started off over there real nice, real, real smooth, you know, I think it, it was a good transition, it wasn't too crazy, right. you know, you start to, to realize the issues and the overcrowding and people 
not really having a place, you know, just doing shit. Yeah, it was just Sharing everybody computers. overstepping on each other. That was just it. There was not enough space. And why was that? It was just too many people. Fuck the people. What was wrong with the department? It was just cluttered. Cluttered. Fucked. Shit. Everywhere. Yeah. So, Tony comes in, clean up an area for Tim. Best best decision that ever happened. Because when that happened, Tim had his own station. The window was back open. We was making more money through the window also. Shout out to T. Damn that boy, Thick Filipados for that. Some good decisions were made. Um, the one guy that he shall not be named when he was let go. It was a good decision. More money was made. There was less complaints about him. So that was good. Um, everybody was acknowledged at times when it wasn't busy. And then this was all when it was busy at, at the nation before pre-COVID. This was all pre-COVID. So. No. Yes. came back during COVID. No, you didn't come back during COVID. Yes, I did. 2020. Yeah, you did. This was before it got like too crazy and people like not showing up or some shit like that. No, you was furloughed before I came back. Oh yeah, I was furloughed. You was not there. Yeah, I was let go. <laughs> you know? They furloughed the black man. Because <laughs> I was hired a week after the white man. So I was the lowest on the totem pole. Ain't that some shit? Yeah. But it was, it was okay back. though. I came back. I inherited a fucking shit show. We can call it what it is. It wasn't I, that bad. I inherited a shit show with people stepping on each other's toes and everybody being all in everybody's way. You had to do something about it. You had to fix the ergonomics of the place, the feng shui. You know, you had to make shit operate. Show special so, word, feng shui. Feng shui. Give yeah. that a fucking Wrong one, motherfucker. Let me push the buttons. There it is. There it is. Um, but... You had the you had things that had to be done, you know, and they weren't getting done. So I came in, changed it up, cleaned it up, made that an extra station, made traffic flow a lot more freely through the parts department, allowed everybody to have their own space, you know, their own reason to come into work every day instead of yeah. just walking in and stepping over each other and using each other's computers and you know, four people with two with three computers, it don't really make much sense. Uh, half those computers are like on their last life anyway. Yeah. Um, so I got new computers, opened up a station, moved the second desk, added that, just moved shit around and made it more friendly and it works better now for everybody, you know? Mm -hmm. Everybody is a lot happier there, I think. You know, obviously you know you're just fucking crazy mad all the time it's whatever you know like nothing's gonna please you but i love you shout out matt and his new wife but actually fiance fiance let's uh hey i mean still i love you to death but you get mad very easy over some dumb shit it's okay um but it was a lot more user-friendly it was more friendly department more everybody worked more when they had their own station and they had their own spot you know you feel like you belong when you have a you have a spot you know i was once the bucket bitch in there you know behind ted and mike you know and it was this is kind of worked their way up it was rough you know being the bucket bitch and you know sitting on the bucket doing nothing until it was time to you know, help somebody or help somebody at the window or stock a shelf or, you know, put tires away, you know? Yep. That kind of shit sucked, but you got to do it, you know? And I feel like a lot of what I did was inspired by Ted, you know? The dude was organized. The dude was neat. The dude had a spot for everything and understood, you know? And when Ted passed, it really took a damper on the entire department and a lot of the little things that needed to get done weren't getting done. You know, I didn't know how to do them at the time. 
Rob knew. Rob didn't care. Mike didn't fucking care. And it was just me, Mike, and Rob for a good six months, dude. And just cranking out fucking an entire summer's worth of work. We were, we were cooking until we got, you know, and then we expected some relief and some help and it never happened. You know, you just picked up more slack. We got the other guy, but, you know, it didn't, it didn't work out. It didn't help. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you gotta just gotta roll with the punches with what you got. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he still helped out as much as he did. Well, it's not the same. It's not helping. Understood. Understood, but you gotta understand. Get what you get. Yeah. And you did. You did most of what you can do. So. Yeah, that's why you don't have a job there no more. <laughs> Relax there. <laughs> um, you know what else? What else? Just Honda. You know. Just letting you guys know, this is just our introduction episode. So we're just talking about ourselves and where we met in our lives. So and what we've done together. You know, for very much since. 2016 until now. Damn, you know? six years? Six fucking years. Known this motherfucker for six years. Terrible. I hated every last bit of it. Yeah, I can tell. Oh, yeah. Hey, <laughs> peace, buggy the breast. There was one time he snatched my forehead. I was so, I I was so appalled. Right I was so appalled, I didn't know what to do. I tried to snatch his forehead back, but it didn't work. That bitch was mine. Shit's crazy. Hey! <laughs> I got all breasts. Fuck you. Wanna eat these bucket of breasts? Hey! <laughs> oh, man, the good times. The good times. We had a lot of good times, you know. We're no, play, at a place we've seen lots of people come and go, too, man. We've seen lots of people come and go. That's the sad part, you know. You come yeah. across amazing people. Meet people like. Shout out to who else was a good tech. Shout out my boy Charlie with them fucking slanty eyes, bro. <laughs> Shout out George, man. George with the SI Supercharged SI. How you Charged doing? SI twenty fourteen white. Be on, be on the lookout. Be on the lookout. <laughs> that thing gonna take your soul. If he says it's stock, it's not. <laughs> it's it's not stock. It looks stock, but it's not. Shout out. To Tito. Shout out Tito, the fucking Puerto Rican that would never shut the fuck up. <laughs> shout out. I think that's all Puerto Ricans. All Puerto Ricans don't know how to shut Tito the fuck up. Tito was the one that never <laughs> shut the fuck up, though. Tito, Tito was, was straight the from the islands. Tito, I love you, even if you're at a Home Depot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's doing okay. good at Home Depot, you know that? I know he is. Shout out to him. Shout out Metlin. Shout out Carlos. My boy. Even though I made you hit your Shout soul. out fucking Moose, bro. Smell my fucking shirt, dog. <laughs> Smell that shit. <laughs> <laughs> that shit's hilarious. I can't believe he... I can't believe Tim fell for that. Tim, Tim's dumb as hell. Tim, if you're listening, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> wow, fuck you man. and that big-ass red bus. I'll edit that out, too. We're not doing that. I'll fuck you up, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fuck you up, bitch. It is what it is, though. Shout out to two fat bitches. Where y'all at? If you had to know this, I want the big ass titties. I hate you so much. <laughs> Last but not least, we're going to shout out the one and only B.O.B. Bag of Bones. Mikey Antonow. Antonow! One of the greatest. One of the greatest to ever do it. He will be on a he will be on the podcast next week. Definitely. We are definitely going to get him on the podcast next week. For sure. I feel like next week we should do a lot of dealership talk and what it was like. Definitely are. In there. You know, give an insight to the, uh, to the people that deserve to know the fun and the fucking degenerateness <laughs> that we were all a part of. Just let you know, if we had a YouTube channel with the with the work where we worked at, trust me, we would have millions and millions of views. Millions of followers. We would be getting paid. <laughs> People would be tuning in the live stream. Just <laughs> <laughs> know that there was a time we had a Nerf war. We had many Nerf wars. We had many Nerf wars at a dealership. Who does that? Only degenerates. We I were... remember walking around with that fucking dude from corporate with Chow. What's his name? Steve. Steve. Steve, Steve Smith. Steve Smith. Walking around corporate with Steve Smith, and they're looking at the department, and all he sees is Nerf darts everywhere on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what the fuck?
fuck is this? Dude, that was golden, bro. That was golden. Looking at me, picking up the Nerf dart, holding it, under, trying to understand what the fuck is going on. Oh, man. Just know that sometimes in stressful situations, when it's stressful in a day, you just need something just to make it better. To release. That's why we got the Nerf guns. And it was a great, great purchase. Shout out Andre for getting them bitches. That was a good, that was a good Trust buy. me, we had everybody shooting. We had service advisors shooting them. And they come in sad. We give them a Nerf gun. They are happy. They leave out the parts apartment. Happy as all hell. Happy as hell. You know? Another thing that's underrated, bro, the parts counter is like a bar. It you is. Know? You know, you go. Without the you, drinks. Yeah. Just parts instead. We should, we should come up with a bar called the parts counter. The parts counter. Dude. That would be tight. <laughs> the parts counter. Like, you know? <laughs> the parts counter. Tim would be the main bar back. <laughs> no, Tim would be fucked up. Tim would be the main bar back. <laughs> Tim would be fucked up. Tim will be our daily alcoholic. Y'all go and all meet him whenever y'all want. He'll be there every day. <laughs> <laughs> he got a bedroom in the back. Don't worry. <laughs> He has his old personal keg of fucking Miller Lite. Yeah. Isn't that? Isn't Miller? No. Miller Lite. His own personal case of Miller Lite. Keg. 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 Tim's tap. <laughs> just, all you hear is. <laughs> You're going to toss it right in the vein. <laughs> Dude, the parts counter bar coming soon. Tim, I'm expecting a butt chug out of you, my friend. I'm oh, e- God. You're going to expect- kill him. I'm expecting a butt chug. You're gonna kill the old man. Don't kill him. He can handle it. Yeah, half his his blood is fucking Miller Lite. <laughs> he bleeds Miller Lite. <laughs> who else? Who else? Who else been through? Who else been through over there? Damn. Shout out Dan Hines. Shout out Dan Hines with the Ridgeline and the BRZ. The half broken man. The half broken man. The man that's fucking seventy but thirty. It's like thirty one, but he has the body of a seventy year old. Shout out Dan Hines. Shout out Jimmy, Big Jim. Shout out Jimmy fucking Williams, the greatest to ever fucking do it. I swear to God, we have to get him on the podcast. Jimmy's got to come on the podcast for sure. Jimmy's got to come. You got to talk with him. Uh, we got to shout out. Uh, you know what's crazy? Shout out fucking Kyle, bro. Shout out Kyle Muscle White out in fucking Bumblefuck. Shout out for helping with the head gas. <laughs> Shout out for helping with the VTEC solenoid. <laughs> Shout out for everything you did for this fucking degenerate over here. Shout out for that deep fried turkey. That shit was gas. And that you, beef jerky you would bring in. Bro, that deep fried turkey was fucking amazing. I don't know what the I don't know if you fucked the thing before you deep fried it, but it was fucking amazing and juicy. Yeah, shout out Dave Kingdon. Shout shout out fucking uh Hey, oh yeah, his kid had a Miata too. Yeah, yeah. shout out Dave Kingdon. Shout out fucking uh, what's that other kid? Marcos. Remember Marcos back in the day? Worked next to Dave Kingdon. Mm-mm. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't really talk much. No. Shout out Marcos. Shout out. Uh, shout out Dominic, bro. You was a terrible advisor, but he was a goofy motherfucker. He wasn't terrible. Okay, he wasn't terrible. He just he just barely he just barely showed up on time. Shout out Dominic, you terrible service advisor, but you was goofy. And shout out Will 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 and what's her face? What was her name? Liz. <laughs> They're not though. But just letting you guys know, this part we're just gonna we're gonna delete this. So this is just bullshit we're talking. This ain't no bullshit. Stop it. We're not gonna. This is going on the podcast. This is we, not we going. We laying out all the dirt. This <laughs> just turned into all a parts counter confessional <laughs> right now. What the fuck? All the dirt coming out right now. Oh hell no! Shout out. Uh... Oh my god, the lube tech. No, oh, shout out Roman. Shout out Anthony. Shout out Roman. Shout out Brandon. Angel, George, Georgie, my boy. Yeah. That's about it, you know. There's some new, bo- there's some new, new text there. I don't know. Fuck them. Shout out George. Shout out. Uh, Shout out to the OGs that, that was there while we were there. You know. Yeah. Real talk. Y'all made y'all made the shop decent. Even though Roman was scared to talk to Alex, so yeah, still a little pussy though. Shout it's out okay. Roman. Hey, we beefing. Oh, you beefing? You beefing? <laughs> Shout out Roman. We beefing now, dog. 
Oh yeah, fuck him. Shout out Dan Hines drunk at Alex's house and I had my ass out. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> you want to just say shout out to Tina Filippados? No. <laughs> you shout shout out Tina's fucking left eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming and going. <laughs> Thank you for Shout out coming. my boy Paris. Shout out Paris. That's my boy. That's my Shout boy. out to Anna Marie. And Carly. And Carly. And Big Lou. Little Lou. Big Lou. Big Little Lou. Big Little Lou. Shout out to Chucky also. Shout out Chucky. And shout out Ray. And Nancy. Oh, Nancy. We love you. We love you, Nancy. And shout out Lena. You know, we'll shout you out too. Shout out the man in the basement, Clarence. Clarence. His real name is Clarence. Clarence. <laughs> hey, Clarence's parents had a really good name. <laughs> oh, man. He went to Granbrook. That's a private school. <laughs> <laughs> no, shout out to Clarence. Uh, shout out to Clarence's son, too. Um, Grayson. Grayson. Shout out Gray, man. Cool little dude. And then we got, you know, shout out to moms. I love you, moms. But it is what it is, though. <laughs> so, yeah, this was Two Bros, Two Bros with a Podcast. Your boy, Big J Day. Boy Tony signing out. Peace.